Hey guys, Joe DeSena here, and I am this week's man of the hour. We are going to get into Japan. We might live inside of a greenhouse. We're going to rattle some cages of some young kids at 4.30 in the morning, and we're going to end it all with a cold shower. Boy, are we in for a treat on this episode. Hey everyone, my name is Justin Crawford and I host this podcast we call The Men of the Hour and you just heard from the voice of Joe DeSena. Joe's the founder and CEO of Spartan and all of its incredible brands. He's an author and someone who's just an all-around badass that will help anybody get to the next level in their fitness and business life. It's quite remarkable what he's done and what he's built, so I'm so excited to ask him all these questions so you too can find out just how he built Spartan and how habits and disciplines build major success. Oh, and we're even talking about my favorite country in the world, Japan, so stay tuned for that towards the end of the conversation. Thanks for clicking play, and I hope you learned something today. We now have Joe DeSena on the show. He's the founder and CEO of Spartan. He's a businessman, New York Times bestselling author of Spartan Up, Spartan Fit, and the Spartan Way. And he's also a hell of a father. And so we're going to talk about all of that with you, Joe. But most importantly, you have a new show coming out on CNBC Prime uh, by the name of No Retreat Business Bootcamp. And I think that when people think of the word retreat, everybody's like, oh, it's time to escape. And I and I know that you've been crowned as someone who um, who encourages people not to always go that route, right? And to not always take the easy and relaxing side of things. And so first and foremost, thank you for saying yes uh, to joining me on this show. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. I can't get anybody to want to talk to me. So it's exciting when someone calls and says, Hey, I want to be on a show. This is great. No, I'll be damned, Joe. You know, I was listening to some episodes that you had been on uh, with, with, very, very, very big podcasts. And so I didn't think you were going to say yes to doing this with me. But, you know, when I had actually have friends who work at Spartan too. So when I think of Spartan races, I was like, not only is it one crazy hell of a, um, you know, a, a fitness boot camp, but most importantly, the brand that you've built around it as well, I'd love to uncover with you um, and, and to get in your head as, as a businessman. But again, I want to start with this new show that's on CNBC Prime with you. Um, and then, and I, I just take you as someone who ultimately looks fear in the face and says, you know what, fuck you. We're going to go after it and we're going to tackle it in the best ways possible and make sure we come out on the other side stronger. So I'd also love to talk about that with you um, and, and so much more too. But with this new show of yours, how did it come to life and uh, what was your experience filming it? It was pre-pandemic and somebody called and said, hey, I'm, I'm going to Rockefeller Center. Uh, I'm going to go meet with uh, CNBC. Do you want to tag along? And I was carrying my kettlebell. And so I took the meeting and Next thing you know, I was sitting in the CEO of CNBC's office and I do what I always do. I dropped the kettlebell on his desk. Not, you know, it didn't break the desk or anything. I was just placing it. And he thought I was weird. And, um, <laughs> and we talked a bunch and I said, you know, I've been watching CNBC literally since its inception um, with everything else going away and, and moving, uh, you know, online, uh, Netflix and such. Um, CNBC is something that, has not gone away that, that actually has dug its heels in and, and has its place exactly where it is. And, and people still seek it out on airplanes and at night at home. And so I said, if it were me, I know this is going to sound crazy. Uh, I would do a show, you know, the profit's cool. Shark tank's cool, but I would do a show where I beat people up on the farm because I, that's what I do anyway. That's what I do all over the world. Oh, yeah. And I help businesses, you know, humans, children, everybody become better. They look in the mirror, they, they get to know who they are. They, they learn to push past boundaries. And I suspected the conversation would have been like the 50,000 other conversations I had with this guy's a crackpot. He carries around a kettlebell and he's, he's talking about beating people up on his farm. Yeah. But, um, but it turned into an interesting topic and, and, he said, Hey, why don't we, why don't we film a pilot? So pre pandemic, we filmed a pilot and, um, kind of exhausting because I'm running my own business. I have my own problems I'm dealing with like any entrepreneur and, and it was fun, but it was, mm. but it was a pain in the neck and, <laughs> and, uh, cause film, filming is right. And, yeah. and, uh, he said, Oh, you know what, we're going to do this show and everything was moving along. And then, and then the pandemic hit, we got shut down for two years. 
Mm. Everybody should remember that. It happened everywhere. <laughs> and, um, and then I got a call and said, hey, we're back on. There's no better time to do this show. So mm. we ran around and filmed a bunch of episodes and it launches next week. Next week it is. The week that this episode launches too, which I think is perfect timing. You'd mentioned you like to... Or is it that you like to beat people up or that you feel like it's your passion and purpose at this point when it comes to, you know, fitness and business and making people better? You know, this morning it was like 4.55 in the morning and I woke up and um, the girl, I have two boys and two girls mm -hmm. and, um, and I asked my wife, she was still sleeping. I said, um, do the girls have practice this morning? Cause we've been setting up these private soccer practices at, 6 a.m. And she said, no, Jeremy, the coach has to go to a wedding. And I said, um, all right, well, then they'll practice with me. And which is which is what I've been doing. I've been like yep. trying to fill the void and just keep that consistency of, of every day. And my wife said, um, well, why don't you let them sleep? Uh, today would be good to sleep. And of course, it would be good to sleep. Like it'd be good for you to sleep. It's good for mm -hmm. me. To, it's good for everybody to sleep. But yeah. um, but I know that the girls will be better. I know that we'll, we're all better if we put in that little bit of extra work and we're consistent with it. Mm. So when you ask, do you like beating people up? I just like, I just like getting the most out of everything, mm. getting the most out of, you know, not wasting the food, getting the most out of myself, getting the most out of everybody around me. Even if I don't know you, I want to like, mm. I remember once I was in an airport this guy was eating Doritos sitting next to me and it kind of looked familiar. And I, I grabbed the bag out of his hand. I didn't really know him. It turned out to be Tracy Morgan. <laughs> yeah. so, like, Give me that bag of Doritos. What <laughs> the fuck are you doing? I was like, dude, what are you doing? Why, why are you eating these? Yeah. And, um, and we got into a conversation and, and it was, again, it wasn't about beating him up. It was sure. about, I know he didn't want to eat them anyway. Mm. I know you don't want to eat them. I know you want to get out of bed. I know I want to get out of bed. So like, my job is mm. to help you do what you want to do anyway. Mm. Yeah. And I, I can imagine that's what kind of gets you up in the morning then at 445 to then understand that like, well, if, if everyone around you is almost, it's not that they would be relying on you and correct me if I'm wrong, but they, a lot of folks will lean on you when they listen to you, when they watch you, when they, especially now with the show coming out too, if you think about it, like so people are going to tune into this and, and you're not just coaching the folks that were on the farm with you. I think that as a viewer myself, even there's a lot to be learned through your, your expertise and the things that you're challenging people to do. And then more on challenges, do, the, Joe, when you think about, it, I was like, Joe, though, doe, but uh, <laughs> you know, Joe, when you think about challenging people, have you found that as your, whatever it might be through Spartan and fitness and, or, you know, this new show and people in business, is there a part where you've noticed when people are willing to take on more and challenge themselves more. And what does that usually look like throughout the process? Cause I would take it that people are normally pretty fearful to some extent to, to, to face whatever challenge that might be. But at what point in your coaching, have you seen folks say, you know what, screw it. I'm going all the way in balls to the wall. We're going to, you know, see the finish line. Do you ever take a cold shower? Yeah. And I hate it. Cold plunge too. It sucks, right? Yep. But, but after a little while, you start to get comfortable in it, but it's that, it's that moment that you transfer from comfortable to uncomfortable that sucks. And when you ask, like, are there, is, is there a moment? When do people like dig in and take on the challenge? Like maybe here's a better analogy. If you and I like were plants and we were growing up in a greenhouse and it was climate controlled and we were watered on demand and everything was perfect, right? When we actually had to go outside, it'd be scary. Mm -hmm. It's hard. And those first few moments, like taking the cold shower, you're like resisting, you're holding back, you're fearful. All, all, the, all the worst possible outcomes are running through your mind. Then it's sunny outside and the breeze feels nice mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's not so bad and we're not dead. And, and right, like, so mm -hmm. you just gotta do it. You gotta put one foot in front of the other. And, and I've had 10 people, 10 million people graduate around the world in doing some form of, of our crazy events somewhere. And invariably, um, once they get past that initial shock, they embrace it. Mm. Now, 
Now that doesn't mean the day after the race, they're up at 4.45 a.m. And they're, and they're attacking life. Like even for me, it's a fight every day. But, mm-hmm. um, but you're one step closer, right? Yeah. And then that, that has my head in a space of like goal setting and actually being in pursuit of something. You had said this just a moment ago as to making sure that you make the most of every single day. And that could be taken for however someone wants to hear this right now and, and take it. But for you, Joe, as you say those, as you said that, I started thinking, okay, well, for you, what was that particular chase about? Making sure that if you're going to get up that early and if you're going to build something, if you're going to write a new book, if you're going to, you know, do the show with CNBC, no retreat, you know, what exactly have you been in the pursuit of this whole time? Just squeezing the most out of life. My, mm. my, you know, my mom died at a young age. My dad died younger than he should have. Um, everybody I know is, you know, that I grew up with family, they're all dead. And so like life is so short, I'm not going to waste it and just kind of float through it and not just, I don't know, be as efficient and optimize as I can be and get the most out of it. Like, it just seems like a waste. You know, you've wasted um, lots of things in life, right? We, we waste food, we waste a day, we waste yeah. um, uh, a moment with, with, with people we love. Um, but you can recover from wasting those things, right? You can recover. Tomorrow could be better. Next week could be better. You don't get another shot at life. Like, we don't get to come back. You can't put another quarter in and play the game again. Mm. So, like... Um, Every day, I, I guess I'm tallying up in my head, uh, where do I stand? <laughs> Did I yeah. get the most out of it or not? Mm. And then what does that usually look like? And I, I wonder, because there's people who routine, and I'm sure if you're listening to this, you, you have some form of ritual. If, if you're listening to self-help podcasts, I almost assume you either wake up or go to bed with some type of ritual or routine. But for you, Joe, what does that usually look like when you're calculating? You know, maybe yeah, I calculate it in my head, and, and, and I, yeah. just t- I do an assessment. Um, I typically do it on my phone and my notes. And I'm like, was I plus one? Was I zero? Or was I minus one today? Mm. Right? And the more plus ones I can get, <laughs> right? It's that, it's that simple. Like, was, was, was it dead even today? Or did I actually move forward one yard? Did I get something really impactful done? Mm. Um, and it doesn't have to be like I made a ton of money. It doesn't have sure. to be. it, Like, did I waste a day? You know, everybody listening, watching should take a look at the end of the week, the end of the month, the end of the year, how much time they spend on their phone and social media. Like, mm-hmm. because, because if you spent the whole day in social media and you were recording your output that day, like I just described, I don't think you'd give yourself a plus one. That would be a minus one. Mm-hmm. What the hell did you do today? You know, mm. I'm, I might tag that as your title of the episode. What <laughs> yeah. I want to put no retreat in there because people will be like, wait, what does that really mean? Um, yeah. Which I want to go back to in a moment with you when you guys were conceptualizing the show. And I don't know if it was your decision or the producers to name it that, but no retreat, uh, you know, we'll go back to in a moment. But like you had said, what the hell did you do with your, your day today? That's like, that's a question I don't think people are often asking themselves. And if they're not, I would be curious as to why. Um, so if you're listening, maybe you are asking yourself, but if not, Joe, when you think of folks that just want to, and you know, what's funny, I thought about this the second I pulled up the zoom call, I said, you know what I've heard you say a lot, which is analysis, uh, sorry. Um, analysis analysis paralysis. paralysis. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, um, it happens to the best of us where we, we can't make a decision and, my feeling is indecision is worse than a bad decision. Um, I remember when I was a kid growing up, my first business, I had this pool truck. I was running around cleaning swimming pools. And um, every day I had somebody sitting next to me in the, in the passenger seat of that truck, helping me do my work. They got paid mm-hmm. for the day. I don't even remember what pay was back then, but they'd work <laughs> with me for the day. Maybe it was $50 for the day. And, um, I remember them saying to me like, uh, well, they're not sure what they want to do in life. And, uh, maybe they're going to go to school. Maybe they're not going to go to school. Maybe they're going to get a job here, but they're going to kind of hang out until they figure it out. And I, 
you got to remember, this is years and years of having somebody sit next to me and I'm trying to understand their motivations and their passion. And are they going to squeeze the most out of every day? And all I could think was, I think that's the wrong way to handle your life. I think the right way to handle your life is just to start doing mm. and then figure it out along the way. And that's why I came with fire ready aim because I saw so many of these kids. I never stopped moving. I never stopped building my business. I got a chance to look back three years, four years, five years, six years later, mm. and they were in the same exact place. They hadn't figured it out yet. Right, right. Whereas I was running this silly pool business, but I was meeting people and those people were going to eventually help get me to Wall Street. I didn't know that, but, but that happened. And then I was meeting people on Wall Street and they were going to help me do something mm -hmm. else. And just being around people and action and doing and, you know, you want to be productive, you want to have good character, you want to do a good job every day, but you got to be in the fight mm. too. You can't, you can't just be like a spectator. Nothing happens out, outside the ring. Yeah. So, yeah. Right? So, so uh, anyway, analysis paralysis. Yeah. Do you think there's an innate, and I promise we'll go back to the no retreat thing, because <laughs> I'm like, wait, I want to, because when you think of no retreat, but is there something innate in people's mind that they have that almost spectator um, thought process of, of being a bystander almost, not really wanting to make the most of it. And then for those who might be in that state, what would you tell them uh, to, to almost encourage them again to, to make the most of the day and then ultimately their life? Well, I, as you were asking the question, I was just thinking, let's think about how most of us spend our days, our weeks, our months, right? We, we go see, maybe we go lucky, we go see a hockey game mm. or maybe we watch a basketball game on TV or like, most of us all day, every day are spectators. So we're becoming pretty damn good at it. Mm, mm. And, and it's, and it's normalized and it's part of culture and that's right. And most of us are not on the ice. Most of us are not in the ring. And, um, and I think we have to take inventory of that and, and start getting in the ring more mm. Start getting outside the greenhouse, as we mentioned earlier, getting into that cold shower, mm -hmm. right? Um, embracing that fight because um, because I just learned 21% of 15 to 24 year olds, 21% could potentially pass the military fitness test. 21%, 79%, no chance. So they're not in the ring and they're never getting in the ring. It's only getting worse for them. And by the way, you and I are not going to wake up five weeks from now or five years from now. And that number is going to be better. It's going to be mm. worse. It's not getting better. Right. Because mm -hmm. because um, normal is what normal does. And we all just become lemmings. And, I, you know, I don't want to I'm not Mr. Negative. Sure. But but but, but I'm I'm trying to, like, wake up whoever your listener is that's listening to this to say, like, let's go get some shit done today. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Especially if it's shit you care about, you know, and that's often sometimes what we've heard almost 100 episodes into this podcast like through your narrative and what you're doing as a guest of the show, ultimately, I think will help people understand that in order to be X or be like X, build like X, it's, it's almost understood that you'd have to just go get a bunch of shit done that you care about. Um, you know, so, but okay, now I'm going to bring up no retreat third time's the charm. So the, the term no retreat, when you heard it and you signed up for the show, was it what it really says, which is like, this is not a time to take a break. It's time to do the exact opposite. I think, I think um, let's look at businesses for a second. 95% yep. of businesses fail and they fail pretty quickly. Um, the longer you play the game, the more likely you are to be out of business. It's, it's literally the analogy there would be um, we're going into the Coliseum in Rome mm. and uh, we're going to fight uh, continual opponents forever. <laughs> Eventually you get tired and you die. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, that, that, I mean, that is literally uh, the game we're playing in business. And what happens in business, because it happens in our real life, you and I just talked about it, is we, we become complacent, we become lazy, uh, we walk over the same problems uh, that we're supposed to have solved every day and somehow it just becomes you know, part of normal. Mm. And what no retreat is, is look, we could certainly go to a spa 
and we could all hold hands and read the Harvard Business Review and sing Kumbaya. But like, then we go back to the normal shit, the normal yeah. complacency. Or we could rip the Band-Aid off, go to a Joe's farm, come to you know where Spartan was born, and we're going to beat the shit out of you. And we're going to shake things up and we're going to highlight those issues that we ascertain you have. And by the way, that's not abnormal. Spartan, mm. Spartan's got endless issues. All, all businesses do. Yeah. And, uh, until you take them seriously and under pressure, make the necessary change. Mm. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we do in real life. That's what I do. Any, I've been doing it forever. I do it all over the world for individuals. I've been doing it on the farm for 20 plus years for companies. Um, against my wife's um, will, I, I do it for children too and families. Right? I, I take kids to the farm too, our own kids and torture them to make them better. Mm. And um, yeah, so the, the show delivers exactly uh, what I wanted it to deliver. Yeah. There's no, there's no um, sugar coating, which is surprising because... I expected NBC and CNBC to, you know, just, oh, we can't do this. We can't do sure. that. And, and they let me do it. Um, now, I will tell you, I'm probably not supposed to tell you, I will tell you, um, there were lots of doctors there and there were lots of people behind the scenes and they were mm. trying to, you know, hold me back from being the true um, maniac that I am. But, but, um, but ultimately, they let me go, which, mm. which was good because you're the cool kind of maniac people need to be challenged with, you know, Joe. And I, it, that's like, it's admirable as, I mean, I'm 25 and I, I, I say this with no disregard at all, because I think that when I watch, you know, people like you do what you're doing, no matter how crazy it may seem, I could only imagine the things that people are saying after they get done working with you of all being good things about progress and, and, you know, building for, you know, a better future of whatever that might be you know, and I don't, I, I don't know, but a lot of people, um, I'm tough to work around, but, but I think, I think you'll reach, you know, close to your potential because I'm not going to let you slack. Mm. I'm going to push you. So, um, it's not, it's not, who the hell, who wants to be around somebody that's going to wake you up at 4:45 in the morning? That's going to tell you to take a cold shower. That's going to that's going to rip the Doritos out of you. you don't, do you really want to be around that person? Deep down, subconsciously, you know it's the right thing, but you don't want that. Mm. You want Netflix. Yeah. You want popcorn. You know. Are there times where you feel like you're giving yourself permission to do Netflix and popcorn at all? Oh yeah, yeah. Sun Sunday. By the way, right. I'm normal, just like everybody else. <laughs> That's why. Sunday, I, asked. I was I was exhausted for like two or three hours, and I was yeah. like, you know what? I gotta find something to watch right now because mm. if I fall asleep, I'm gonna have a tough time going to sleep tonight. So I can't fall asleep. So I gotta just watch something. I gotta buy some time. I am exhausted, and I found some Viking series that I watched, and it inspired me. So then I went and worked out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't stop and it won't stop. I want to pause this great conversation with Joe for just one moment to tell you about our friends at Every Plate, who are now owned by HelloFresh. If you remember a few weeks ago when we had partnered with them, and as you know, HelloFresh is a leading meal kit company. Both of these companies have come together as one with a wide array of offerings at all price points for you to enjoy. While most meal kits that you've seen have come with a premium price tag, every plate offers delicious dinners that won't break your bank. They have quality ingredients that come carefully packed and pre-portioned, helping you save money and reduce food waste. Like that bag of mixed greens you throw out almost every single week. You could choose between 17 recipes that change each week and swap out your proteins, veggies, and sides to your liking. Think of it this way. One meal from every plate is about the same price as one cup of coffee. And although some of you might argue that a cup of coffee could be considered a meal, trust me when I say every plate is worth the price of the cup of coffee in replacement. Give yourself and your wallet a break and enjoy delicious, affordable meals delivered to your door and ready in just six simple steps. What sets every plate apart from so many other meal kit companies is that it really is so much cheaper. At first, I was skeptical about meal kits in general because they were so expensive and then they get delivered to your door and it's just, it seems like it would be a lot of work for what you'd be paying for, but now I'm convinced because you get the same deliciousness that you'd be getting for other premium meals at a much lower price with every plate. 
whether it's a weeknight or a weekend that I just feel like sitting inside to cook, Every Plate has provided this single young man with some of the best meals. Try Every Plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code Men of the Hour 179. You can get started today with Every Plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code Men of the Hour 179. I still can't believe it's only $1.79, so I'm going to say it again to make it even more real. You can head to everyplate.com and enter the code MENOFTHEHOUR179 to try every plate today. Oh my gosh, I just found out that that's up to $104 in value. Let's kick it back to the episode with Joe, but again, that's $1.79 per meal, so if you don't take this offer now, I don't know what you're doing. Here's my next question. There's often a misconception with someone like you or anybody who has such a very strong um, routine of, of how you live your life that for people would al- almost, again, misconcept that you wake up at 445 and you probably go to bed at a certain time at night and you're nonstop until then, you know, but if you were to look any of them in the face and say, Hey, you know what? That's not exactly how it is. I have a little bit of a normalcy to my life. Again, the Netflix and the popcorn version uh, of Joe, what is, what does he look like? I guess on a Sunday, for instance, so that just, you know, it, it, that again like, is a misconception of anybody who is waking up that early and has such a strict schedule of life and business. I mean, look, I have some non-negotiables, right? I'm going to get up early. It's a non-negotiable. I'm going to sweat before breakfast. I'm going to earn my mm. breakfast. Thanks to Jacqueline and, and his wife, his widow. Uh, I'm going to take an ice cold shower, right? Non-negotiable. I'm going to, I'm going to wait till 9am to eat. Although mm. to show you that I'm human, this morning I slipped up and I ate at 8 a.m. And, and it's non-negotiable. I, I, I don't eat until nine. But you know why I did it? I was leaving my house. I was in a rush and my daughters had not finished their breakfast. And again, mm. I can't waste stuff. I just can't waste stuff. So I was like, all right, I'm going to eat it off their plate, even though it's eight o'clock. The body's hungry. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but then I go down the list. And the other thing that's non-negotiable, I'm going to bed early. I'm going to bed early. Somebody taught me, one of my buddies taught me uh, this great concept of um, set your alarm at night, not in the morning. Mm -hmm. Like it's important when you go to bed and then you'll automatically wake up early. Yeah. But if if you go to bed at all kinds of crazy times, it's going to be hard to wake up early. Yeah. I try to, I try to be sleeping by nine. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. So that you can actually get the ample amount of sleep too. The, thought that some folks think that you have to work so hard. I wanted to bring this up with you. You have to work so hard. You have to not get sleep. And, and sometimes that ends up defeating your body more than anything. So when you've been coaching folks, especially if as their body has to take on something like the Spartan race um, and, or they just have to like operate a business through no retreats show, what would you tell them in terms of, um, you know, just, just understanding that sleep is, has to be a priority. Eating healthy has to be a priority. And just like, what are those top tricks that you've mastered in the sense that you've still been able to maximize your day and, and successfully do so for how you see as a plus one, as he had mentioned, you know, it's, um, it's so simple. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I was on wall street for a long time and, and we make it much more complicated than it needs to be because, you know, it's, it's, uh, we're capitalists and mm. as, as capitalists, we want to sell each other stuff. And so we brand all kinds of things that, you, you know, ab rollers and, um, shake weights and all <laughs> kinds of stuff that we're selling people, right. Cigarettes, um, that you think you need, um, you want to run a business. You want to live an optimal life. You want to have a great spouse, a great family, you need to treat yourself like an Olympian to do that successfully. And Olympians don't go to bed all hours of night. Mm. Olympians don't like, they don't eat garbage food. They, they're not dehydrated. Right. And, but to treat yourself like Olympian, again, you don't need a special mattress to go to bed early. You don't need mm. um, all kinds of supplements in your cabinets. No, you need some electrolytes. Yep. I'm going to sound, I'm going to sound commercial here. I don't mean <laughs> to be, but like I, I, I came up with a very simple electrolyte pill. It's just a tiny little pill. You swallow it. You don't, it's, you don't have to get a blender or powders or anything. Cause I just wanted it to be super simple. Like you actually need electrolytes. You right. actually need water. You don't need 
500 kinds of drinks with all kinds of sugar and this thing and that. You don't need it. You need mm -hmm. water. You need electrolytes. Um, you don't need coffee with uh, 500 calories, whipped cream and sprinkles all over. You don't need any of that. Um, wake up early, work out, don't eat till nine, eat more salad than other stuff. Um, drink water, get your electrolytes. Some, by the way, you wouldn't need our electrolyte pill if the mm. soil in the ground, number one, assuming you're even eating greens, which is a big assumption, Mm. Um, and the greens are grown in soil that are loaded with electrolytes because they haven't been depleted. Another, like, probably not the case. Mm -hmm. um, then you wouldn't even need them. So I guess my point is, if you want to succeed in business, if you want to succeed in relationship, you want to succeed in life, you got to treat yourself like an Olympian. And that does not require uh, $2,000 recovery boots. You don't need right. them. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Do you take yourself as a minimalist in that case? Yeah. If you had to I put a time, I mean, titles are stupid, as, as I'm sure you probably no, I agree think, with. I but... think Spartan in general is was a minimalist society. It was a minimalist mm. culture. I mean, they said very little, but when what they said was very impactful. Like mm. when, when the enemy said, you know, if we come there, we're going to kill all of you. And they wrote back, if. That was it. <laughs> if. You're really going to come here? Come on, you're not coming here. But the point, you know, very simple food. Like we're going to, we could eat as much as we want as long as it's black soup. They recognized very early on that if they have 500 different kinds of meals and special chefs coming in from Athens, they're going to waste all this time talking about, you know, uh, all kinds of fancy foods and culinary experts and wines. And they said, that's all a waste of time. We got to mm -hmm. train. We want to be warriors. Black soup. That's all you get, right? Kind of like the soup Nazi in, um, in Seinfeld. Yeah. Anything you want as long as it's black soup. And it was a brine. It was pig knuckles. It was barley. It was very, it was, it was eating to live, not living to eat, right? So very few words, uh, very little choices of foods, lots of training, um, they didn't believe in legacy. They didn't want to leave a ton of palaces behind. All that stuff was nonsense. Mm. They believed, let's just do a great job in the here and now. And if we do a great job in the here and now, um, we'll, leave, we'll leave some sort of legacy. And so here we are 2,500 years later on an advanced mm. podcast talking <laughs> about the Spartans because they just did a great job in the here and now. So Yeah, using the same microphones. Joe and I have the same little sure mic thing. These, we have a which, we, we actually have a string and a cup. Yeah. <laughs> I wish it were that simple. I've often asked my parents this that I I always ask them because they were born in the 60s and they often say that things are getting way too complicated and things are we're just overstimulated as a society. Things are way too complex and you alluded to it twice already just from us sitting here for the past 40 minutes and from your perspective as, as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as a businessman, and as a father, when you think of how overcomplicated things have gotten in one's life, what can you tell us about making it simple enough to just focus on what really matters, I guess, to one who is, who's in pursuit of something they care about? Well, by the way, it's easy to get sucked up in it. I, I, you know, the kids, we have the farm, which is where No, no Retreat's being filmed. Mm -hmm. and um, where Spartan was started up in, in Vermont. And, and the kids were born on that farm and they grew up on that farm. And since we've moved all over the world and we're in Florida right now, mm -hmm. um, it's so easy to get sucked up in the stuff that's nonsense because everybody around you is sucked up in the nonsense. Yeah. And, and on the farm, there was really no nonsense. Um, it snowed a lot. It rained a lot. <laughs> and when, you know, like you had to go outside and we had to go hike the mountains and it just was a very simple life. Now you don't get the best soccer teams when you live, you know, in a rural setting like that sure. on the, on the farm, you don't get the best wrestling teams for the kids. You know, it's not like the kids are interacting with tens of thousands of kids, but, but it is a simple life and mm. maybe we'll go sleep in the cabin tonight. And, um, there's something to be said for that, you know? Yeah. 
do you think it allows room for creativity and just just for your mind to explore as well because i feel like overstimulation also not also but it ultimately will probably lead to you kind of being so distracted mentally that you can't necessarily focus on what you're building or doing, or like you had said, soccer, like even if you just want to play soccer to do it in somewhere like New York city could be very challenging because there's too many things happening, you know, let alone other cities in the country. No doubt about it. Um, I mean, just think all, all the stuff we are bombarded with on a daily basis yeah. and, and then, and then trying to leave room for some creativity is tough. But when you're out, when I was out on the farm, I got lots of time to think. And when I bring people up to the farm, again, I've been bringing people up to the farm 22 years mm. to bring people up to the farm. Um, you see the change that occurs in them. Mm -hmm. So, um, so absolutely everybody needs, uh, needs a little more simple mm. in their life. We, we, by the way, we're, we make it complex on ourselves. We do it to ourselves. Yeah. I think what Joe is saying here is that we all need to move to the farm. <laughs> we need to move to the farm and, and learn a little something and come back. No, to reality. If I, I mean, if I had my way and if I, if I had some say in, in how a country could be run or the world could mm -hmm. be run, we'd wake the entire country up at 5 a.m. Obviously, we would accommodate for time differences in California or whatever, but everybody would get up at 5 a.m. And, um, and the first thing everybody would do is they'd have to work out mandatory yeah. nationwide workout and uh, not because we want to be like a military state or anything, but because they're going to be happier. Mm -hmm. I was on, I did a podcast uh, two weeks ago with a, an academic, a neuroscientist, and she didn't even understand exercise. It was a waste of time. She wanted to spend her time in the laboratory and, and, yeah. uh, and then she stumbled upon it because somebody lent her a bicycle and she couldn't believe how good she felt she was no longer depressed. And so she started studying mm. the brain and the body and, and the effects of exercise. And she listed off eight or 10 things that you and I know, but like, it's nice when an academic, when somebody cerebral is like, no, my, oh my God, exercise does this. And here's one that you didn't even know. No one knows. Lactic acid, which we've been running from, right? Like, oh, we can't build up lactic it cleans the brain. Mm. How's that? So like, you really want to sit on the couch all week and watch Netflix? Why don't you generate a little lactic acid and clean the brain so that you could see the show you're watching a little more clearly? Right? Wait, how would you then? I mean, now here we are talking science. <laughs> Wait, when you want to get lactic acid in your system, what does that look like? Did she mention? Exercise. Yeah. Exercise. Solely Heavy through exercise that. Produ produces lactic acid. Yeah. And, and it's always been viewed as a negative, like, oh, sure. I'm sore. Right. You got to exercise, um, you know, but I'm sure some some capitalist will come up with a lactic acid pill. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to say that. <laughs> so you don't have to exercise. Right. And you could just stay and watch Netflix and pop lactic pop. acid pills. Yeah. Pop um, lactic acid. and pop. I'm not them, picking right? on Netflix, by the way. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> we have said that three times. <laughs> Well, they, they brought out that term, uh, Netflix and chill for so long. And, you know, it's Netflix yeah. chill. It, you know, it, it everything is good in moderation. And I'm sure you know that better than I do, for sure. Uh, you've always, you, when I was researching you and I had talked with Danielle about the show coming out and I'd watched the trailer, I couldn't help but think that you always wanted to bring out the best in people, even though you would call it sometimes, you know, kicking someone's ass or beating people up. It, it, it has proven like you had said over 22 plus years now that, that you bring out the best in folks and get them in pursuit of something that is worth chasing for them. So as you started doing that, especially in its infancy, not just of Spartan, but you being an entrepreneur and caring enough about people to be a coach and a leader uh, in that area. Uh, I have to ask you who inspired you to do that. If anybody who was in your life that kind of brought out the best in you. Mom, my mom, um, I mean, my dad was amazing, amazing business person, gave me so many insights and tips and tricks. And when I reflect back on all the dinners and, and sitting around the table with him that I did, I wonder if he was purposely planting all the conversations to teach me. Um, in other words, they just weren't happening on their own. They were like, they were curated conversations, I, I have a feeling. So he was amazing, but mom, 
she broke the mold. She, she, um, in an Italian neighborhood, she stumbles into a health food store in the 1970s. Um, it's probably the only health food store in, in New York at the time, you know, the incense was burning and mm. it was near Kennedy airport. So there was a Yogi, like an old Yogi had just landed from India in the, in the health food store. She bumped into him and he somehow convinced her she was open-minded enough. He somehow convinced her to throw away the raviolis and sausage and peppers and, and uh, become vegan and start, you know, practicing yoga and meditating. And yeah, this was, this was pretty hardcore, pretty out there in the seventies. There were no whole foods. There were no yoga journals. And, um, and so she just gave me this. And again, I'm going to a Catholic school with my sister at the time, right? There's, Catholicism is right. Everything else is wrong. And here's my mom breaking the mold and saying, wait a minute, you know, um, all religion is okay. If you're a good person and you do the mm. right thing, like I hadn't been taught that as, as, as common sense as that sounds, right? I hadn't been taught that like the stomach can't handle food 24 hours a day. You can't be constantly putting like, it sounds silly, but mm -hmm. in the 1970s, when you're surrounded by pizza places and 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 a grocery store and everything you wanna else, eat. <laughs> yeah, you want to eat a TV dinner. Like, why shouldn't you eat a TV dinner, right? Like, so, but my mom, she um, she went out on a limb, fought the whole world in our little you know community, and um, and really taught me um, most of this stuff. And then, and then my, and then the neighborhood taught me, right? Cause the neighborhood, a lot of people got in trouble and went to jail for 20, 25 years. So that, that sprinkled in a little bit of like, Hey, are you tough enough? Mm. So that was good, a good education. And then my, my dad was just the ultimate. He was, he was in the pentathlon of, of uh, business, like just nonstop, uh, owned a disco, owned a pizza place, had greenhouses, owned, mm. um, trucking company, an air freight company, a shipping company, like try dabbled in all of it, which allowed mm. me um, to learn little bits and pieces of all kinds of industries. Ultimately, he went bankrupt, mm. which was another incredible lesson for me um, to see. Um, so lots of lots of uh, lots of mentorship mm. along the way. And, and with all the people I describe, um, the one common thread through everybody that I was around was they had high energy. They were just beasts, right? And, and, um, and so that's, that's, that's what I got. I got. I got high energy. And why wouldn't you want, I, I wanna be the battery that's, I don't wanna, you stick a battery inside of a headlamp and, and it's, you know, it's got no energy that the headlamp doesn't turn on. I want to be the battery that gives people energy that turns the lights on, you know? Yeah. Wow. You, you, I wrote this down. I was like typing it. So when you saw <laughs> if it, and I'm always so transparent about these zoom calls, there's a runner show sitting right below Joe's right below Joe's video in his face. And if I hear anything that I'm like, Whoa, I'll type it out really quickly with my right hand. And, uh, you had said incredible lesson from your father and in, in the bankruptcy. And I'm sure you've had plenty with your mom and dad as you were growing up anyway, if you could give us one incredible lesson that you've taught yourself, um, about Spartan since that brand had been launched or just since being on your own, doing all of this and continuing to build everything out. Uh, what's one incredible lesson you've learned? And I, I would almost, what? the reason I ask, sorry, is because I would take you as someone who looks at the craziest and the hardest and this, like the most downfall experience and said, damn, that was a lesson. Well, I mean, a couple, a couple of lessons. Um, one is just because everybody on your own team and uh, that you bump into and your board of directors and your investors, just because they say it's a bad idea does not mean it's a bad idea. I mean, no one, I did a bunch of focus groups in Japan. Uh, mm. It was obvious to me that Japan would be a good market for us. If you considered Ninja Warrior coming out of Japan, that just seemed like, it just seemed like the culture that would really embrace Spartan. Mm -hmm. I couldn't get buy-in. I, I did focus groups, everybody winced in the rooms, like it was just not gonna happen in Japan. And so I was wrong. I was completely wrong. Everybody else was right. Um, so I jumped on a plane 
And I convinced my family, we're moving to Japan. We're going to live in Japan and we're going to figure this out because it does not make sense to me. And I was there one day, one day, and I had it sorted out and there was a race and it sold out. And so even mm. though everybody around you is telling you uh, that's not right. You, you need to do your own research. You need to test it yourself. If your gut is telling you there's something there, there's probably something there. The other thing I've learned during this journey with Spartan is, um, and this is, a, this is a big one for life, mm. is, you know, when I was a kid, I went into the gym, you know, maybe I was whatever, 13 years old, 14 years old. I went into the gym. I wanted wide shoulders. I wanted to look like 007. I wanted a six pack. I wanted all the things <laughs> that every guy uh, would want things we were seeing, right? Mm -hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger was popular at the time. And I worked out. And when you work out, as you know, and you lift some weights, like your muscles get some blood flow. And all of a sudden, you look a little bigger in the mirror. And I was feeling good. Mm -hmm. And after a week or two, I was like, Oh, my God, this is amazing. And then it occurred to me, wait a minute. I guess, I guess you just don't go to the gym for two weeks, get strong, and then it stays. I guess you have to do this forever. Like, <laughs> I, like I hadn't considered that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. and, and the reason I bring that up when it, when it relates to Spartan is like, you don't build a business and then just put it on autopilot. Like you got to mm. do it forever. It needs constant shoveling, like in the basement of an old ship where you're shoveling coal into the furnace. Like a business just needs constant attention, yeah. constant coddling, constant funding. It just doesn't stop. And so... I was today, you know, that was, that was, that was a realization again today. Um, but, and then the other thing, which you brought up earlier is, um, oh my God, when you do business in an industry that provides purpose for yourself, like, like mm -hmm. when I get an email that says, Hey, you changed my life. I stopped drinking. I lost 182 pounds. I'm back with my wife. I'm back with my husband. I gave up drugs. I almost killed myself, but then I remembered I had a Spartan race next week. So I didn't pull the trigger. When you get emails like that, um, and, mm -hmm. and you're having a shitty day, like all entrepreneurs have, like I have, you're like, well, it could be worse, man. I could be selling handbags. <laughs> I'm not selling handbags. No. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to ask you earlier for any testimonials and that, that you said it, you said it in answering that one, you know, that, that these are the types of emails and, and notes you're getting from folks of lives that you are changing again, allowing me to, to go and find you and say, Hey, please come on this podcast. Please share those stories. Please share your story. And, and here we are at the end of the episode now, just, just finding out a little bit more about, um, you know, Joe here and, and understanding that like, it's okay to challenge yourself and it's a good thing. It's healthy. Um, and you, we both mentioned the word purpose on and off throughout this entire conversation. And I feel like that's kind of what people need to chase a little bit more of, you know, I, I would never tell myself to tell people what to do, but I hope that these conversations are helping folks. So if you would click play, thanks for, for doing so. Joe, I have one selfish question for you as we wrap this conversation. Uh, Cause you've given me everything. You even dropped it. You said Japan. And I was like, damn it right here. It says my selfish question for Joe, you know, so I grew up in Japan and the U S my dad was an air force pilot. And what, what Japan taught me a lot of was that there's there's a lot of culture shock that I'm getting here in America. So I wanted to ask you, um, you, you already answered part of it, which is why you moved to Japan. And it was to solve the, 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 what you had thought of being a problem. Like, why aren't they launching this in Japan? And they did it like you had said day one. And so what did you learn from your experience in Japan from having lived there, especially with your family? And then looking back now that you live in Florida what was kind of the biggest difference that's allowed you to live a better life now here? Well, I mean, I wish I was living in Tokyo right now. Yeah. <laughs> Tokyo is amazing. Um, it's, it's, I'm going to sound terrible when I say this, but when you live, I've lived in more places than Japan that are outside the U S and in most instances, once you land in any city in the United States, anywhere, everybody looks twice the size, literally twice the size. So, um, so that's disheartening. And, and, and by the way, it's happening around us. So it just becomes normal. So everybody's just getting bigger together because mm. it's, it's normal. Right. Um, so I feels much more, um, 
you just feel more intelligent when you live overseas. I don't know. You, you feel like um, yeah. it's forcing you to be a little out of your comfort zone to do a little more thinking and, and have conversations with folks that um, are from another country and another culture, different beliefs. Um, you get to open your mind up, uh, you know, with, with uh, religions and rituals. Like you get to see monkeys and you go to Kyoto, Japan. Uh, the red-butted monkeys in the onsen. Yeah, right? <laughs> you, yeah. You get you get you get to climb Mount Fuji. You get to see train stations that are spotless that you could literally eat off the floor in oh, the yeah. train stations that are packed. Um, you get to go in a taxi where uh, the taxi uh, drivers are are like Spartans. They wear white gloves, they're, they're, their taxis are spotless and they're treating it like the ancient Spartans where it's like, we're just gonna do a great job for our customer at that moment. And that's that's nice to be around. You You go to any restaurant and they treat the restaurant is as if they're working on chiseling the Hope Diamond. I mean, they treat everything with just perfection. And, um, and that's nice to be around. Mm. Really nice to be around. And then you go skiing up north. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> snow is light and fluffy and snows like three feet every night. <laughs> the best of all worlds in such a small place that's... Yeah. arguably the size of California, which is crazy. But I had to I had to end there with you because I feel like there's a lot of what Japanese culture that I've learned and grew up with that I now see you doing uh, through through the brand and I'm sure through the show. So I'm, I'm really excited to watch it, man. And if you're if you're listening now, again, thank you for clicking play. I will link everything of what Joe's up to and what he's already done and built. And, and you know, this is 22 years of things. I just can't wait to share with you guys in the descriptor below. Uh, but in the meantime, Joe, this was an incredible conversation thanks to you uh your narrative and and your your yes to coming on to this podcast so thank you thanks for having me hey it's justin again and before you exit this very episode wherever you're listening i want to say thank you for being here i hope you learned something new and are leaving more inspired by the conversation you just heard Men of the Hour is also on Instagram and YouTube at Men of the Hour Podcast, where you can find all of our video sneak peek exclusives and full episodes. Be sure to follow and subscribe and do all those great things so that we can stay connected. And right before you jump, I would love to hear from you if you would put a rating and review right here where you're listening. Until next Monday, continue taking care of yourself and building the best possible life. <laughs>